It's 2050. What's powering your town? The wind's not breezy. The sun is down. You're miles away from any dam or thermal spring. There's no coal, no natural gas, or oil, or shales, or anything. What's powering your home and your bilingual robot cat? Let's chat. Today, I, noted nature documentarian Wope Hilson, take us to see some podcasters in their natural habitat. An influx of guests complicated the social dynamics of this group today, and we're here to see whether they all make it out alive. The group starts by sharing embarrassing stories about themselves, a bonding ritual which bodes well for the community's continued survival. First to the mic, Honor Rigney, psychology grad student, co-host of said podcast, and as always, brimming with insight. Uh, so this one time I went to the Black Star wearing a Black Star shirt and I felt like a huge tool. Classic. Classic. Guest number one, Spencer Johnson. Spencer is a math educator and saxophone player. In fact, the very saxophone player that makes this podcast theme song worth listening. When he grows up, he wants to be Aubrey Plaza, but with more cats. For further insights into his character, check out his band, Ms. Mac and the Daddies, on Facebook, or catch them live if you're in Austin. There's one time I, I, don't know, I ended up recording this podcast that I really wasn't warned in advance that that was going to be happening, and then it did. We love you. Guest number two, Andrew Smith. Andrew dabbles in history as well as bonsai, gardening, baking, and cooking, none of which promised the wealth he envisioned for himself as a child. Up next in his life, gold digging. When I was in like first grade, we had a pool at our school, and so we were having you know, swim class, and I walked in, and then one of my classmates was like, Andrew, you don't have your swim trunks on. And I was like, oh man, so I had to go put my swim trunks back on. <laughs> Yeah, I took I took my clothes off and I was like, well, this is the main part. Of it. I was in first Did you grade. like learn how to go to a swim class? I'm like, no, that happens. It was just it was it was a lot of things to do. So I was like, look, I take you know the the bulk of the work is taking everything off. So how many parties I'm done? And like today, how many parties have you recently gone to? Recently, completely nakies. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, um, none at this point. Okay. Ever, ever since then, I've stayed closed, <laughs> I guess is how I would put it. Um. Lost and probably least, co-host number two, Hope Wilson. Deeply mysterious, and in fact, scientists have observed next to nothing about this material science grad student other than the wit and charm that she broadcasts from her very soul. I broke a door with my face once. <laughs> Oh, we need more details. Oh. They don't need to be recorded. I just want to know more things. <laughs> Tell you all about it sometime. Okay. Several conversations later, our heroes find themselves almost back on track. <laughs> Start this podcast, Mimi. <laughs> She's done. Aren't you glad we've joined you for this? You this make good decisions. Ride. You have things to talk about with regard to batteries. And Spencer and I don't know much about... Well, I don't, I don't know much about batteries. Spencer, you're a math person, so... I know all about how batteries blow up sometimes. There we go. Um, mm, you're qualified. Yeah. You should save that for the podcast. Oh, there we go. The best story about Hope yeah. you want to do yeah. an intro? I'd love to do an intro. Welcome to Battery Chattery, episode three. I'm Hope Wilson. I'm Anna Rigney. I'm Spencer Johnson. I'm Andrew Smith. <gasps> We're here to talk about batteries. 
lots of people are here to talk about batteries. Yeah, four of us are here to talk about it's batteries. A little, little cramped in the studio slash office today. It's lots of people who don't know much about batteries are here to talk about batteries. Well, <laughs> one person who knows a lot. Yeah, we have one fearless then, leader. This is, this is what you tune in for, is for expertise um, <laughs> and whatever we bring. Charisma. Quality. <laughs> I don't actually know much about batteries. I just look like I do when you put me next to three people who don't. Well, so you're so that's for, So we're here to make you look better, is what you're saying. I that's what I said on the first podcast, and she didn't seem to like that. <laughs> so great minds think alike. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, first order of business. We actually we have an email address that I wanted to let everyone know about in case you have questions or suggestions or anything. So it's just batterychattery at gmail.com. Uh, drop us a line. Um, okay, the outline for the podcast today, first we're going to kind of talk about some basic battery terminology, and then at the end we're going to have our corrections corner, where we talk about what we said wrong in other episodes. Whoa, that's a huge switch from last time. I know. I'm very excited. I just feel unstable now, you know, you've, you know, thrown me for a loop, I don't know if that'll, I'll be able to... Yeah, participate well in this podcast now. <laughs> Pretty unmoored at this stage. Yeah, 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 definitely. definitely. Wow. Good, good vocabulary words. That's what I've heard. Uh, 20, 40, 25 cent word. Oh, thank you. I feel like I could go take the SAT right now and just... The humanities. I bring it, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> just ace it just because of the inspiration you well, just gave me. You're welcome. <laughs> Cast adrift in this uh, this this cruel world. Yeah, but do stick around for corrections because we're going to talk about nuclear power a bunch today. And I, for one, am hype about it. Like uh, in so Corrections we... Corner specifically? Yeah. So we got it all wrong last time. We didn't get it all wrong, but one of my friends told me a lot of things I didn't know. So we just add, it's not just corrections, it's like it's partly corrections, corrections and addendums. Yeah. Cool. It's... But for now, we were talking about entropy last time. Oh yeah, this is a concept I don't understand very well, but I'm very interested in. You can define entropy as the degree of disorder of a system, which I think is something people are familiar with. You're familiar with the concept of disorder equals entropy. But really what that means um, is, like, say, just for fun, let's say you have a little thing of lithium. You've got, like, a hundred places where the lithium could be. If all of those places are full of lithium atoms, then you only have one configuration that system can be in. However, if you remove five lithium atoms... Now you have five vacancies, and the number of configurations your system can be in is approximately, what, 100 to the fifth power? Cause it would be... Oh, math person. How many, how many lithium atoms could you have total? You could have 100 total. 100 total. So 100 choose 5. This is a number that's not going to mean anything, so I'll assume you're right, because you calculated it beforehand. Because I could <laughs> well, say, like, like, what factorials it is, but it, to me that means a really big number. Numbers, it's like 100 so. times 99 times Probably. 98 times 97 times 96. Uh, so basically just 100 to the 5th, or well, then divide 10 to the 10th. Divided by something. No, I don't think are you divide well, by Are your atoms distinct, or are they all the same? They're all the same. Then it should you should divide something out, because if it's 100 multiplying down all the way to 96 then that would be the number of configurations if you have five atoms that you can tell the difference. So it should be... No. Right? Got a debate going right now. <laughs> right? Because it, be, it should be 100 choose five, because you have to take out... If the atoms are all identical, you have to take out the ways of reordering the atoms. What you're um, saying is that if atom one and atom two are swapped, it is relevant or it is irrelevant? Well, if they're identical, it's not relevant. Because if they're identical, we can't tell the difference between. But if we're saying they're not identical... I feel like I hope is saying that it is relevant. If one lithium atom is missing, then there's 100 places where that vacancy could be, so you have 100 options. If two are missing, 
you take that that system and then you take another lithium out of it, there's 99 places where you could take that one from. So it's 100 times 99 now. But the difference is that then you have to cancel some because it doesn't matter which order you took it out. Like if I took space 1 out and space 5 out, or if I take space 5 out and I take space 1 out, that gets you the same result. Yes. And you're not taking that into account. You're counting those as different things in the way you're counting it. Fine, so you divide it by, like, two. Yeah, exactly. You divide it by two. Um, <laughs> so it's different. I'm glad we sorted this out. It's a really big number. Um, the point is, is yeah. It's impressive. <laughs> Shut up. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, now I'm, gl- I'm glad y'all kind of kicked me off my pedestal. Thank you, Spencer. You definitely had too big of an ego before this. I no longer think of myself as the world's smartest person. If hope has one problem, it's ego, for sure. Does that mean that are we... No, no, Sorry. I think we're pointing out that she's not egotistical. Oh, okay. okay. We're, being, we're being kind by okay, saying that gotcha. she's not a flaming egotistical asshole. We're boosting her ego. I have the opposite problem. <laughs> oh. Oh, what is self-esteem? Okay. Um, I don't know. I'll tell you when I find out. Thank <laughs> <Okay>. you. <laughs> um, right, so anyway, so the point is, if you take five lithium atoms out, and those vacancies could kind of be anywhere in those hundred spaces, you now have just a ton of configurations it could be in, as opposed to just one configuration, which was what you had before you had any vacancies in it. So that's all entropy means, is it's, it's a sense of like how many configurations could the system be in, almost like how many options does the system have. So what was so, the first definition of entropy that you gave? The degree of disorder of a system. Okay, so the degree of disorder relates to or is equal to the number of possible options of the system. Yeah. Okay. That kind of makes sense to everyone? Yeah. Did you have something to add in here? No, that, uh, you essentially covered what I said. <laughs> Thank you. And you kind of Although you put it better, so... I mean, uh, this is my third podcast. Like not my first so, rodeo. Fair enough, fair enough. It's and my all, third rodeo. Wow. And you can... I don't know a ton about this, but you can apply sort of the concept of entropy... You hear of it a lot in physics, but you can also apply it in a lot of other things, like information theory. Cool. Because um, you could think Why? of it instead of those being atoms as like bits, for example. So sort of any any data point or any yeah anything that you're extrapolating out from entity thing. So like you're more likely to create a program with some level of disorder in it. How does this apply? Um, it's cool if you don't know. I, I don't know about it. Okay. <laughs> I'll Google it. It'll be for the next corrections and addendums corner. Yep. <laughs> or... Or it won't. <laughs> so, uh, so I was telling you last time, Anna, that because systems like having entropy, every every crystal you see pretty much will have some defects in it, and kind of the reason for that. So, if you want to talk about how to sort of measure the stability of a system, and therefore like determine what's the most stable state for a system. What you usually look at is Gibbs free energy, which is a measure of the stability of a system at constant temperature and pressure. Uh, so what that is, it's G equals H minus TS. H is enthalpy, and that's... Um, is that, so, I mean, is that an energy-based thing? Is that it's an energy-based thing. So basically, I think a lithium atom will be happier chilling next to another lithium atom than it will be on its own. So it sort of bonds, is it sort of like a bonded sort of thing? Yeah. Or is it separate from, okay. So yeah, they don't have bonds bond. make it stronger without the bond, it's still sort of... But they don't have, sorry, sorry. No, no, go for it. So lithium, does it have to do with the fact that they've, that they've lost one electron, right? Not if it's just lithium. Okay. Um, so they don't have a missing electron, so like, what's the bonding? Because I remember oh, a long yeah. time ago in chemistry. Yeah, so the deal with metals is... You call it like a sea of electrons. So 
all lithium atoms have, you can think of it as like a lithium has a full valence of electrons, but then one extra electron, which is why it's so eager to give up that electron, which is why it's so eager to be lithium plus. But if it can't do that, and it's chilling with a bunch of other lithium atoms, those electrons can just jump from atom to atom. And you, so you just have all these electrons swarming everywhere, and that's why it's so conductive. So these lithium atoms are like playing hot potato with each other. Sure. Okay. Simplify it. Just throw in some electrons around. <laughs> yeah. And so the idea here is um, a lithium atom, not only will like one be happier next to each another one than like not next to another one, but it'll be happier like sort of surrounded by lithium atoms than not completely surrounded by other lithium atoms. It just wants friends. Yeah. <laughs> to play hot potato with. Yeah. But the idea is if there's a vacancy, then like one of those lithiums around it is not there. And so just by the standards of enthalpy, which is what we're talking about right now, by those standards, that would be a higher enthalpy state. And when they're together, when they're apart or when they're apart. Yeah. Sorry, I should clarify. So Gibbs free energy, the most stable system is the one with the lowest Gibbs free energy. And again, Gibbs free energy is H minus TS. So the lowest enthalpy is the most stable system, except that you also have to take entropy into account. So adding a vacancy will increase the enthalpy, but increase the entropy also. So Gibbs has a positive relationship or like a proportionate relationship to enthalpy and entropy. And you can think of enthalpy as like increased sadness of the lithium. Enthalpy, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you yeah. should have empathy for enthalpy. Yeah. Oh. I like it. Again, <laughs> weaving psychology in from the math person. <laughs> nice. But yeah, so this. So, what's the, so the equation is enthalpy minus something? H minus TS. So H is enthalpy, T is temperature, S is entropy. Entropy. So, so, it is, so it's negative with entropy, not Oh, it's negatively entropy. related to yes. entropy. Sorry. So, so um, if you think about, like, if temperature is at absolute zero, then the entropy term doesn't matter at all. Like, you can increase or decrease entropy, and G won't change, because T is zero. Now, obviously, that's not a thing that, like, zero Kelvin isn't a thing that we chill with ever. <laughs> nice. So you're saying entropy is hot. <laughs> Oh, man. Entropy is hot. <laughs> the number of puns have gotten way up in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all are really bringing something. But yeah, so the more you increase the temperature, the more the entropy term matters. And that's actually why things melt. It's because a liquid is higher entropy than a solid. And once the temperature gets high enough, it's like T times S is just more important than H. And so the atoms will give up on having their, like, happy married bonds and will instead be, like, disorder time. So that's how melting happens. And also how gasifying happens. Good word. Thank you. That's that's entropy. Questions? So I like to think of entropy as why things get worse. Is that acceptable? Hey, so, um, <laughs> if you didn't have defects, you wouldn't have solid electrolytes. Because... The, they need those vacancies to move. The ions do. Basically, if you have a perfect crystal structure with no defects, then nothing will ever move within that structure. If you throw one vacancy in there, then another like atom can jump into that vacancy, and then that vacancy has moved. You can like play musical chairs. Yeah. I'm just going to relate everything to childhood games today. Perfect. Sounds good. That's, uh, that's relatable. Can, can you work in like Duck Duck Goose? I'll uh, figure it out. But we're, we're just starting. Yeah. <laughs> so... Why we're talking about entropy is because it relates to 
Solid electrolytes. Yes. Okay. Bringing it back to batteries. Hey. So let's get started. Wait, wait. We hadn't already started? We totally did start. Okay. <laughs> It was all a lie. Let's transition. Well, today we're going to talk about, I think I said last time, we're going to kind of get into how can you tell if you have two materials on either side of an electrolyte, which one's going to be the anode and which one's going to be the cathode. Oh, that was the cliffhanger from last time. It's like a material sandwich. Ooh. Delicious. With electrolytes in the middle. So it's healthy. In <laughs> this analogy, is like Gatorade the filler in the sandwich? Well, I didn't say it was a good sandwich, but a healthy one. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. batteries, electrolytes. It's gonna be so long, everyone. <laughs> Cut a lot of this out. I was gonna sound like you still just have the one guest. Gonna be the you guys here. I feel like that defeats the purpose. I was very excited to have you oh, on the no. podcast. Well, don't yes. let me doubt. Should I excuse myself at this yeah. point, or do you gotta I, step up your game? Do I just what apologize? Do. <laughs> oh, apologize to the listeners. Oh dear. Well, I have, for what I have done, forgive me for failing to do as a first. I have sinned. Oh, this is worse than a sin. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to start by talking about reduction and oxidation. Woo! Redux. Redux. Nice. Good. Yeah. Vocab word. We're going to ace these SATs, everyone. <laughs> Ten years later. <laughs> um, so there's a, a popular mnemonic, which I use, so we're going to just go over it, and it's reduction is gain, oxidation is loss. And what this means is we're talking about electrons. So if you reduce something, you're giving it an electron, and if you oxidize something, you're taking electrons away from it. That seems like a poorly conceived name that they... A reduction is increasing the number of... Oh, tell me about it. You should take that up with whoever's in charge. I I will. So I'm sorry, we're, we're talking about how one side is an anode and one side is a cathode. Yeah. I'm assuming this is related. Yeah, we're going to get yeah. there. Oh, it's like you're weaving a little web here. Okay, yeah. sorry. I think I actually forgot to say the actual memorable part of the mnemonic, which is that oxidation is lost, reduction is gain, spells out oil rig. Yeah, Oop. I was going to ask how, why it was a mnemonic. <laughs> 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 What? That wasn't memorable for you? Um, and, uh, anode. Anode and cathode. No, I almost just called you Anna, but then I was like, I was just saying anode, it's fine. Deeply offended. Can we change her name to anode for the, the podcast? Ooh, code oh, names. Uh, Love it. For anode. the move, it have to be anode, right? Anode. 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 This is like a pretentious <laughs> battery. It's like battery that's cathode. been to college in Europe and then it's come back. Yeah, anode and cathode. <laughs> Alternatively, <laughs> better that's gone to an ivy and then it's come back to you. Oh. Cold like school. Uh, Sorry. Cold. cold. <laughs> Excuse me. Obviously, no references to anyone in this room right now. Um. Not even one. Okay. You feel okay? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> Anna, yeah. I do. I owe you an apology because you were telling me that there were there was a positively charged side and a negatively charged side in a battery. And somewhere on the internet, it did refer to positively and negatively charged electrodes, which to me doesn't sound meaningful and is kind of upsetting, but like... It's one of those things that I probably learned in uh, like high school chemistry and just really held on to, because mm-hmm. I well, forgot everything else. If you get out like a double A battery, it had positive and negative. No, the yeah. plus so and the should... minus are like for the voltage. Ah, see, well, most people don't yeah. know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. I think most of us look at that and we think, oh, that's the charge. So... 
You want the positive charge to go positive, and then you know need to go with the negative. Most people don't know that much about batteries. Yes. <laughs> oh, what? Beyond, beyond Here I thought I had no reason to make this podcast. I look at you now. <laughs> it's because of your egotism. That's why you're making the podcast. That's exactly it. I just wanted people to listen to my voice a lot. We do very much take the, you know, sort of smash rocks together and make a light approach towards batteries, I think. So. Sometimes, if I, if I want some light and it's dark, I don't have a flashlight, I just take two, two triple A's and smash them together until the there's like a burst while. of light. <laughs> That's a no! Wait, you're saying that would be unhealthy? I'm saying it's probably a bad idea. What? Well, it works for a little bit. You should lick them first. Uh, got it. I'll take, try that next time. Is that like is that a better practical size or, or just or for funsies? Okay. Like that battery fluid's got some real zinc to it. Mm. Don't don't listeners don't. I mean, you know, so you're watching. Don't like, try you're, this. You're, you're, watch, you're watching like a fancy TV show, like cooking TV show. What do they talk about? Like salt, pepper, and acid. Oh, that's so true. So like you just want, battery, you use lemon juice. You could use vinegar, but why not battery? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, there we go. So are you about to tell us that we're wrong? Though? Listeners, please don't lick batteries. <laughs> Please. Isn't that a thing? Uh, you lick a lick one of those default like old yeah, batteries, and it kind of zaps you when you lick both ends. It's still time. got a little bit in it. Or just like kids will do it for fun, you know? Yeah. I'm right? a little worried about you. I don't know. I never. This did. Was, my, my, my mom would talk about this. Might be a Midwestern thing. I don't know. Just like growing up in the Midwest, where it's like, well, you just take that battery and you lick it some, and then just see what happens. Is there really? Like I definitely know in that in middle school or high school I had teachers who were it? talking about checking your batteries for, well charge is apparently the wrong word, but sort of checking for how much you had, le- how much juice you had left in it just so you like that sucker and if you get a bit of a shock then you're good to go um, yeah so 100% <laughs> we, we have, this, these are things that have been told to people So out of context that's really not okay <laughs> I, mean, I imagine in context it's not particularly good oh, yeah. either no it's no good are, I don't know. Oh, I, 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 I was wondering about my car battery the other week and just opened it up and licked it, and that worked out well. So, would you like to explain to us how we are? Is there too much to explain about how we're wrong right now? Do you want to get back to what you were talking about with the. I, I honestly you. don't even know what we were talking about anymore. I'm trying to remember, actually. Anodes and cathodes and materials. Yeah, we, well, yeah. we've been talking about entropy and. Yeah, we're on anodes and cathodes. Anodes now. and cathodes. So, um. I, I, I did. I wanted to take a minute and talk about how sometimes electrode definitions vary depending on what you're talking about, which is a little frustrating. So in some devices, you only ever send current one way, which as opposed to a rechargeable battery where like you'll send it one way and then you'll send it the other way because you're charging and discharging and it's two different things. So one side is always the anode and one is always the cathode. In a battery, yes, you don't change the location of the anode and the cathode. Okay. However... If, you, if you're chilling on the internet a little bit, you're probably going to find words that say things like reduction always happens at the cathode and oxidation always happens at the anode. You feel a little bitter about that. I just think it's confusing and maybe we should all have something standard, but anyway. So clearly, if you want to have your anode be at a fixed location in your battery, you can't just say that it's always where oxidation happens because then you'll only ever discharge your battery and never charge it. So just just keep this in mind. If you're reading about electrolysis or something. So let me, let me clarify real quick. You said that if it's a rechargeable battery, the oil rig situation can change between anode and cathode, but what the anode and cathode are, stay constant? Did I phrase that well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so um, 
You know how if you have a battery, it's got a plus side and a minus side on it? Yeah. Like, you, you can see the plus and minus signs. The minus sign, we always call that an anode. And the plus sign side, we always call that a cathode. Okay. I do have mnemonics. When a battery is discharging, this is how I think about it. Um, I, I consider this general thing that you will see people say on the internet to be true if the battery is discharging, just not if it's charging. But so, it's just cathode reduction, anode oxidation. You just keep the consonants together and you keep the vowels together. Cathode reduction, CR, anode oxidation, AO. Crow. Crow. Yeah, good one, Spencer. Thank you. <laughs> so, well, what you're saying, with regard to sort of that concept of sort of the static approach to it, is it is it still, is it, do you have to have, like, for example, when you do the multiple batteries, or you put the one in sort of one direction, you put the other in the opposite direction, is it an exchange? <laughs> or am I making stuff up entirely at the moment? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. That? Why do you put them in opposite directions? Oh, boy. <laughs> Okay, I think the answer to that question is if you have two batteries, you have two options. You can either put them in parallel or in series. This isn't critically important, so don't sweat it, but if you have two batteries and the plus side of one is connected to the minus side of the other, those batteries are in series. If they are arranged such that the positive sides of both batteries are connected to each other and the negative sides of both batteries are connected to each other, they are in parallel. Um, so if you put them in series, then the voltages add up. So you're powering something that, that needs a higher voltage. And so instead of stacking them on top of each other, you just flip one of them upside down. Does that make sense? But you have them connected by like oh, something metallic on one end. So if like sort of laying them out physic in physical space, you want them to be in series. Yeah. Sorry. That didn't make any sense. You want them to be in series, but needing to lay them out in physical space as if they're parallel. Is that what you're saying? It's... Well, they're still in series. Yeah, but, like, physically speaking, they're next to each other as they opposed are, to stacked. Geometrically, they are parallel yes. to each other. Um, but you but electrically. If you called them parallel, like, people would probably glare at you. I mean, that happens on a regular basis anyway. <laughs> okay. used to it. Did that kind of answer the question? Yes. Okay, perfect. By the way, just to like frustrate this further, current is the opposite direction of electron flow. If you've taken chemistry, you remember that it's just it's frustrating because what's actually moving is electrons, which are negative, but what you call current is the direction of positive charge flow. So, that's just kind of frustrating. So, if a battery is discharging, which way are the electrons flowing? Towards the cathode. So true. Now, so which way is the current flowing? To the anode? Yeah. All right. Nice, so it, nailed it. It's a, sort of an exchange. As the as you have going one direction, you have a follow-up going the other, so the current's it's going like, against it. And is, is it an exchange sense, or is it there, are there two separate things that you have going on? No, it's, it's like the current is just words that you're using to describe what's happening. It's not a different thing that's happening. Okay. So the electrons oh, are the only thing that are actually okay, flowing. Okay, but, but the impact, so it's sort of like you have the electrons flowing, but the impact is such that... Yeah, if you pretend that positive instead of negative charges are flowing, All then All of a sudden it looks like it's going the other yes. way. So while you know that the electrons are moving in one direction, yeah, if you're looking at it from the other perspective, it just looks like it's... So, always so, an option. so how does it relate to... To my like, very simple knowledge of something that's related to energy is like thinking of potential energy. Mm-hmm. So like, if I... Lift a rock high above Andrew's head. Thank you. Then it has potential energy because if I let it go, then that energy is going to be converted, converted into kinetic energy as the rock falls and hits Andrew. Sorry, Just a Andrew? random hypothetical um, idea. Yes. idea. And <laughs> nothing that's so. ever come up before. <laughs> so is, is there some similar way to think of electricity? 
like some sort of like potential that like you're moving the electrons away, so there's more potential on the end without the electrons. Yes, if you'd listened to my podcast episode that I haven't published yet, you would know. <laughs> Good. That was a fake okay. call out, everyone. Okay. There was no actual blame in that statement. Um, basically, a battery is kind of like there's two different states it could be in, and one of them is a higher energy state, and one of them is a lower energy state. And it just depends on where the ions and electrons are. So when it's charged, it's in the higher energy state, and they're all like on one side. And when it's discharged, they all go to the other side, okay. and they're in a lower energy state. Okay. I think you explained this to me before off the air, um, and it didn't stick. <laughs> we need mnemonics. That's what helped me. <laughs> also, you're the one expected to be an expert now. I'm not, so. Oh, expert now. <laughs> I'm still her like sidekick. I'm like you're, you're, I'm like but, the moose shooting her Mulan. But I assume you'll be expected to get more competent as the show goes on. I think the point that I make is that you seem to understand enough of this to be able to translate it. Certainly better than I do. I so when you're rephrasing these things, it's, I don't I don't know what what stage we're at of this conversation anymore. The yeah. snark stage. Oh, I see. That's what we're here for. The what stage? The snark. We're we're here for snark. Oh, yeah. I apologize. I've been taking this too seriously. You're doing a great job. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Aren't you grateful for this contribution? I'm very grateful. I just like all of you. (laughs) I can't imagine why, but all right. Wow. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You're right, Spencer. It is embarrassing. (laughs) Sucks having feelings. (laughs) My face is red all the time. No, not that you have feelings, but that you you put up with us. (laughs) Wait, who's embarrassed in this situation? I think she should be embarrassed that she puts up with us. And maybe we should be embarrassed that we are ourselves. I mean, I certainly am. (laughs) Embarrassed or ashamed? Um, Anyway. Probably ashamed. That's good. Shame, definitely shame. Uh, I feel a lot of shame. I'm glad we've been able to really pinpoint this. I'm so glad I cut what I wanted to cover in this podcast down to much less. you did that. I I don't know what we're covering in this podcast yet. Uh, That's great. That's great. (laughs) Well, maybe if you all let me go forward, then you would know. I think we should shut up for a minute. I'm kidding. Um, I wanted to talk about reduction potentials now. Okay, to answer your question, what we're covering in this episode is kind of basic electrochemistry. But also, which one is the anode and which one is the cathode? That's kind of electrochemistry. Okay. This might come down to what is basic electrochemistry. Yeah, I don't know what um, that means. I don't know, so. <laughs> Me neither, David. Oh, okay, cool. I took my class. It's, it's what you're telling us. <laughs> it's, it's all you need to know. Okay, good. And you said electrolysis is going to come into it. No. That's okay, so our skin's not going to get nicer. <laughs> I thought that was for hair removal. Yeah. Electrolysis has many different applications. Oh, oh okay. Sorry. I only know of the hair removal application. Yeah, most okay. of us are only aware of the one side. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to talk about reduction potentials. Reduction potentials kind of tell you what reactions are more or less likely to happen. So basically what it is, is you'll have... A reaction written out and it'll be a reduction reaction because these are reduction potentials so let's say the reaction is sodium plus plus an electron arrow sodium you know not plus so neutral sodium atom I'm so sorry so that's that's an example of a reaction and then next to that you'll have a number in units of volts so for sodium that number is negative 2.7 volts and the more positive the voltage is the more this reaction wants to happen so it has a greater reduction potential. Yeah. Okay. 
So if this material wants to be reduced a bunch, it's going to have a positive reduction potential. Sodium clearly, at least according to our reference frame, since it's negative 2.7 volts, it doesn't really want to be reduced. Sodium would rather be sodium plus. Makes sense. Not 100%. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so um, if you've got a periodic table, if you looked at the atoms all the way on the right, those are the noble gases. And the reason those are the noble gases is because their outer shell of electrons is full. So like argon, it's got, like its outer shell is, it's got eight spaces and all eight of those spaces are filled by electrons. It's happy. I don't remember what's directly to the left of argon, but take chlorine. Chlorine is in the column one to the left. So that means that seven of its eight valence states are full. So chlorine wants another electron. So chlorine is often happier as chlorine with a minus sign on it. So it's negatively charged. So it really wants to reduce. It wants to be reduced, yes. On the other hand, so like lithium and sodium are all the way on the left of the periodic table. That means they have a full shell of eight electrons, but then they have one electron outside of that. They would really rather just have the full shell of eight instead of just this one sitting here, so they try and get rid of that one electron. So that's why sodium wants to be sodium plus. Okay. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. The way you said that made it sound like he asked you very genuinely how you were doing today. <laughs> That's kind of how it feels. Yeah? Oh, well, oh good. Sorry to, sorry to keep the streak up. I know you care now. So, thank you. Also, how does that relate to how sodium and the other things in that, that column like to blow up when they get near water? Ooh. Or does that relate? Um, I just like things blowing up. <laughs> so legit. We've learned. Um, this is me speculating. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready for me uh, to spit some lies? Please, please. It's what I do most of the time. Okay. So if Wait you... for her to spend lies? No, no, it's just spit lies. Okay. It's <laughs> speculation in general. Okay. Although I, I accept it from everyone, I guess. Cool. So if you've got a little chunk of sodium and you drop it in the water, what does the sodium want to do? Or sorry, how is the sodium existing outside of the water? I'll answer that. It's existing in a neutral state. It's not charged because, like, all you have there is sodium. Like, it wants to give up those electrons, but who's it going to give it to? It's neighbor sodium. It's neighbor sodium doesn't want those electrons. Like, get out of here. They're all just like, whatever, I guess I'll... Actually, this is uh, the metallic bonding I was talking about earlier. They actually will kind of cycle the electrons around, but they still all... It's still got that sort of extra sense, so it's yeah. not like... It's, it's it would rather just... stable in that sense still because it doesn't have that. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's stable as long as you don't put it next to anything it can give oh, its it electrons to. Give it to, okay, right. Yeah. So it's got the potential for that giving away of the electron, but it sort of exists as it does yeah. while it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you drop it in water, and I assume what happens is it's like, you, you can take my electron. And I'm not sure who it says this to. Um, I'm kind of thinking hydrogen like... Hydrogen or oxygen. One of those yeah. two. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thinking because water, you know, it water typically, it's never just pure H2O, right? Like there's going to be H pluses and OH minuses floating around in there. Like not at a huge concentration, but they're in there. So I feel I'm, like sodium hydroxide is a thing I've heard of. Oh. And is that, did that be NaOH? Yeah. So uh, maybe what happened, this is, again, me speculating. Please don't go home and tell this to your... Parents. <laughs> Don't try this. Which I ask me pretty intensely about what we talk about here. So. 
<laughs> Don't tell them. I get grilled. <laughs> when did your parents have the talk about uh, redox? Metallic bond. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what I'm speculating happens is the sodium gets in there, and it sees a nearby hydrogen ion, so H+, and it's like, you, you will take my electron. So two sodium atoms would get near to two hydrogen ions, and both sodium atoms would transfer an electron over to a hydrogen. And now you have two H's. Sorry, the reason, the reason I'm specifying that there's two of everything is because hydrogen won't form something stable just by itself. Like, just a neutral hydrogen atom isn't going to be happy. But if it gets together with another hydrogen atom and they're neutrally charged, then you have H2. That's a gas. That's like hydrogen gas. It's two hydrogen atoms bonded together. So I'm assuming that's what happens. I'm assuming that hydrogen gas is what gets released when you throw sodium into water. And that just just because of how bad the sodium wants to get rid of that electron, I assume that's why it's explosive. Sounds like fun. Totally. Quick reminder, a reduction potential is a number associated with a reduction reaction or a reaction that involves some atom or molecule gaining electrons. This reduction potential is expressed in volts, so you might hear me refer to it as a voltage. The more positive the reduction potential is, the more that reduction reaction wants to happen. Uh, okay, I just wanted to throw in, these are all relative, like these reduction potentials, they're, the numbers are relative to other reactions. So you can set any reaction as zero volts. What is set standardly as zero volts is the reaction I was just talking about, which is 2H plus plus two electrons equals H2 gas. So that's zero volts. So just, just for your reference. I told you all we would learn how to tell given an electrolyte sandwich, which of those two electrode breads is the anode and the cathode? I've been eagerly awaiting this for a week. So (laughs) a week and like several hours. Well, great news. It's heavily related to reduction potentials, which we're now experts on. Whoa. Anna made the face. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to form a potato battery with our imaginations, and then we're going to look at a chart I have of reduction potentials and figure out which side is the anode and which side is the cathode. Is everyone ready? If you give us I'm more instruction on how to form this potato battery, I'm, yes. I will guide you every step of the no, way. I think, I think the potato is the anode, is my preliminary. Okay, that's good. It's good to have a hypothesis. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking of a potato carved into the shape of a battery, so that's where I stand. <laughs> so before we get into sort of picking out electrode materials for a potato, I want to talk about why a potato can work as a battery. And the reason a potato can work as a battery is because it has ions swimming around in it, which means it can act as an electrolyte. Does that make sense to everyone? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's very exciting. Great. So what you're going to do is you're going to take a zinc wire and you're going to take a copper wire and you're going to just stick those in opposite ends of the potato. So those uh, those wires are not touching each other at all. Like, not inside the potato, not outside the potato. Okay, with me so far? Yeah. Yep. Okay. What you're going to do then is, let's say you want to power an LED, which is a light-emitting diode. It's a little light. So what you're saying is that I'm a chump for buying AAAs all the time when I could be firing my flashlight with a potato? That's so what I'm saying. Okay, and I'll save you some money in the future. (laughs) You're going to clip one end of the LED to the zinc wire, and you're going to clip the other end to the copper wire. 
What happens when you clip the LED on is you're now creating a path for current to flow from one wire to the other wire. So you clip it to both wires. Yeah. So they're both stuck in the potato and they're also both attached to the LED. Yeah. Okay. So what's happening is electrons are flowing through the wires and through the LED and ions are flowing inside the battery. So what we want to decide is which way are the electrons flowing? Are they flowing from zinc to copper or are they flowing from copper to zinc? When you say from copper to zinc, you mean in the potato or through the Through circuit? the wire. Okay. Slash circuit. Yeah. Good word. Because when I say current, I'm talking about the electrons. What's flowing inside the battery is just ions. So Can I ask well, one more question about potato batteries? Yes. Then I'll follow so, up with the question. So after I use a potato battery to power something, if I remove Can the wires, it was still going to So the baked potato or is it a mashed potato at that point? Good question. I would also like to know this. It's still a raw potato. You don't, you're not gulping it while you're sending ions through it. But you can't give it a nutritional value. Oop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You add a little bit of zinc and copper to it. That's essential well, minerals, right? the deal is you're probably only going to add one of those to it, but we still have to figure out which one. So as far as like zinc and copper themselves go, is it, that does this come down to their own chemical composition? How that's going to impact that, or is this something separate? What do you mean chemical composition? As far as like, like thinking it, about... Sorry. I, no, I imagine you have a better way to phrase this than I will. I don't know if that's true. Oh. Is, does it have to do with the metals themselves, or does it have to do with the relationship between the metals? Yeah, it's the second one. Okay. All right. Was um, that your question? Essentially. Okay. I would point out that we still haven't answered if the potato is good to eat. It's either now got a bunch of zinc in it or a bunch of copper. Are those bad things to eat? No, they're both essential for, you know, oh. for essential minerals. Okay, but is it, it too much? It still might kind of taste bad. Okay. I feel like that's my impression. So like, I should, like, use it on something with a lot of spices, like make yeah. uh, make algae or something. It sounds yeah. delicious. Can I come over for battery algae? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just plug I'll... your nose while you go for it. That, that could work, too. That could work, too. If you don't have spices in your cabinet. I, I mean, I'm just saying, sometimes you run low. Alright, can we take a short break? Yeah. To use the bathroom? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are we all going to use the bathroom together? I hope not. Okay. I hope not. If I can ask something that may be entirely irrelevant. I have heard tell of sticking copper and um, zinc into a lemon and getting a charge from that. Does that have any, is that related at all to the potato thing, or is that just like... Yeah, that's the exact same deal. Okay, So a lemon also has ions floating around in it. I think maybe in the case of the lemon, it's like... I think potatoes have like potassium, chloride, and sodium floating around in them. Those are all ions. Um, I think with a lemon, it's it's the acid that's doing it. Okay, Um, I also didn't take a bathroom break, I'm sorry. Oh, dang. It's fine, I'll just edit out all of this. Okay, cool. Probably the best, we have to keep it in. (laughs) So just to make sure we're all on the same page, in this potato battery, one of these metal wires, either zinc or copper, is going to undergo an oxidation reaction where metal atoms will lose electrons and become positive ions. These positive ions will enter the potato. The potato has lots of positive ions in it already. These will start to sidle on over towards the other wire. Meanwhile, electrons will travel outside the potato through the circuit, also towards the other wire. Are y'all ready to decide how this battery works? Sure. Absolutely. Let's vote. <laughs> we have to look at the reduction potentials. What? And then can we vote? Yeah. All right, let's show us some conversions. Conversions? Potential. Conversions. 
potential. Reduction potentials. <laughs> Sorry, thank you. Okay. Someone who actually knows about what we're doing. <laughs> oh, I don't Has know anything. I've been paying attention to hope anyway. So. I just hang on hope's every word. Fair enough. So, uh, I mean, with good reason. <laughs> so, so I see a bunch of copper. Weirdly flattered. <laughs> um, Which copper one do we want? Uh, well, let's decide whether it matters. Oh. By looking at zinc first, because there's only one for zinc. Well, what's the letter for zinc? Zn. So the reaction we're looking at here is zinc two plus plus two e turns into neutral zinc, and the reduction potential on that is negative zero point seven six volts. Zinc to the power of two plus. Is that well? If you're looking at a chemical and it has an exponent and like a number and a plus or a minus, that's the charge. So zinc 2 plus means that you started with a zinc atom, but then you took away two electrons from it. Oh, so it's a positive charge to yeah. the... Okay. It's a positive ion, or a cation, and this reaction that's been written out is you give that two electrons, and then you have neutral zinc. So reduction is when you gain electrons? Yes. So forward direction, there's reduction. Backward is oxidation. Yeah. We're only worried about forward. So, okay. so backwards would be plus oh. 0.76. Yes, exactly. So in case you missed it, what we did here is we took this zinc reduction reaction and we reversed it, and in reversing it, we changed that reaction's potential from negative to positive. Now we're looking at neutral zinc splitting into zinc 2 plus, plus 2 electrons, and the potential we associate with that reaction is positive 0.76 volts, not negative 0.76 volts. This is an oxidation potential now, not a reduction potential, because it's associated with an oxidation reaction, not a reduction reaction. Now, the reason we reverse the reaction is because we're starting off with neutral zinc, not charged zinc. We're going to do the exact same thing with copper because, again, copper metal is made up of neutral copper, not charged copper. Charged copper and charged zinc simply are not in this system to start off with, and so it doesn't make sense to look at reactions that use either of those as ingredients. So that's, so you just said that's positive 0.76. So now does a more positive number mean that reaction is more or less likely to happen? You said more earlier. Yes. This is intuitive. Positive means it wants to happen. Because it has a can-do attitude. (laughs) (laughs) So let's look at copper now. So it was pointed out that there's several different recipes for copper, and by recipes I mean reactions. So let's just look at the ones where the right-hand side is just neutral copper. So we've got copper plus, plus an electron, arrow, copper, that's 0.52 volts, that's positive, and we also have copper 2 plus, plus 2 electrons, goes to copper, and that's 0.34 volts. So if you flip that around, what happens? Like either one of them. So if you flip it around, it doesn't want to do that. So what doesn't it want to do? It doesn't want to lose its electrons. Yeah. It wants to keep them. It's, it's a possessive. That's relatable. So then electrons will flow from zinc to copper, which means the current is going from copper to zinc. Yeah! <laughs> I, for a second I was like, that's the opposite of what you just said, and then I was like, oh, that's right! <laughs> you told me it's that's supposed to be the works. <laughs> and so that means that our potato ends up full of copper. So wait, electrons are flowing from, what do we say, zinc to... They're flowing from zinc. Oh, so it's zinc ions. Z- no, they're flowing, the, the electrons are flowing from zinc to copper. 
So this thing's losing its electrons and becoming an ion. Yeah. yeah. Does that? Yeah, it's kind of zinky. Because the the ions inside of the potato move in the same direction as the electrons, correct? Yeah. Okay. Because of charge balance. Okay. Which we talked about last episode. Yeah. The the positive ions want to go where the negative electrons are going. So Spencer is correct. Zinky yeah. potato. It's a zinky potato. Which is, I don't know what zinc tastes like. I Probably think bad. Fine. Yeah. Aren't you supposed to I mean, consume it when like you're lick sick? Just like liquid, liquid, making a dime or something. Maybe you got those, well, zinc and iodine or something like that. You're doing a lot of licking in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's basic folk medicine. Basic what? Basic folk medicine. Oh, folk medicine. Yes. That makes sense. I heard foot medicine. Foot medicine. I heard foot as well. Well, if if you're trying to treat your feet, you need to lick things. So we completely forgot to say which electrode was the anode and which one was the cathode. So this potato battery is discharging only. You can tell because it's powering something instead of having a power source applied to it, which means that the ions and electrons will be flowing from the aggravating anode to the comforting cathode. This means that zinc is the anode and copper is the cathode since ions and electrons are flowing from the zinc anode to the copper cathode. Um, do y'all want to do this one more time with a couple of other metals, just for fun? Can we use, like, silver and gold? Absolutely. Whoa. Just um, took this potato up to a whole new level. <laughs> like those desserts that have gold flakes on them. Oh, yeah. Oh, is it? across, like, Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's, like, a thing. Fancy restaurants. There's also some liqueurs that have little gold flakes in them, and you can yeah. be like, wow, I'm gonna poop this out later. Um... <laughs> Xander, yeah. you're probably good. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, the, just, it's the... just the sense of excess where you're like, wow, it's you know, I'm I'm so above this. Anyway, sorry, that you want to poop don't... gold, basically. Yeah, it really, like... really sh- doesn't the humble potato deserve to be elevated like that? You're right. So the reduction potential for silver. So this is silver plus plus an electron, turning into charge neutral silver, is 0.79 volts. It's big. It is big. If you put that together with zinc, what would happen? Zinc's was negative, Zinx remember. Zinc's negative. Do cancel each other out? Is that a thing that happens? Uh, so I think the zinc, no. No, the, okay. the, the zinc would send electrons to the silver. Yeah. So, silver cathode and, once again, zinc anode. Because because the silver wants to be reduced so bad, it really doesn't want to be oxidized. So it will be so loath to give up those electrons. And zinc is pretty happy to give up those electrons, actually. Sweet. Got that figured out. Now gold, gold plus, plus an electron, turning into neutral gold, uh, that potential is 1.83 volts. So that's actually significantly higher than silver's reduction potential. What's going to happen? In that case, is it going to be silver to gold? Because it was... You're saying the electrons are going to go from silver to gold? I think so. I want to say... Are you going to propose something totally else? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was titanium all along. Oh my gosh. Uh, That's the big twist in this uh, murder mystery novel. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, um, I think it's gold to silver. You think the electrons are going from gold to silver? Um, no other way. Electrons are going silver to gold. Okay. So my understanding was the greater the potential, the more it wanted to give up its electrons. No. So these are reduction potentials. So the higher the reduction potential, the more you want to gain electrons. Oh, then yes, silver to gold. Sorry. Okay. That's right. So because gold has a higher reduction potential than silver, 
that means it doesn't want to be oxidized. It doesn't want to lose its electrons. Oxidation is loss. So because gold so badly doesn't want to lose its electrons, if anyone's going to lose their electrons here, it's silver. So electrons will flow from silver to gold. Silver anode, gold cathode. So this means, unfortunately, our potato will only be full of silver ions and not gold ions. You're right. Is there anything we can choose to make it full? Yeah. Like, what can we pair gold with? I want a gold-infused gold potato. potato. So what we're looking for is a cathode material to pair with a gold anode. You can go back to our mnemonic of keeping all the vowels together during discharge. Anode, oxidation, infuse. If you want a gold-infused potato, then gold must be located at the anode where oxidation is taking place. Let's see. So what we want is something with a higher reduction potential than gold. Gold was... Gold is 1.83 volts. What do we got? Oh, 3. I see a 3.0. Is it uh, That's uh, negative one half now? F2 plus H plus plus E plus H. Oh, snap! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Okay, so... um. <laughs> That was likely too good to eat anymore. <laughs> if you use a hydrogen fluoride electrode, which, by the way, is deeply, deeply toxic. Uh, and I feel like if you've committed yourself to eating, like, gold as a thing in general, you, you really don't have a problem with poisoning yourself. Well, gold is in Just for, for the... Hydrogen fluoride is, like, I... This is just what I've heard. Mm. I'm going to gossip a little bit about hydrogen fluoride, right. because this is what I heard from... Cerium, who was deeply hurt by hydrogen fluoride at a party last oh weekend. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. Um, Tell us more. What I heard is that if you get, like, even a tiny drop of hydrogen fluoride in, on your body, it'll just, like, go straight to your bones and dissolve the calcium, and then yeah. you're, you're dead. Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty gnarly. Yeah. Don't tell anyone I told you. Don't worry. I'll Actually, tell you. everyone. Warn <laughs> 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 <More> people. <laughs> Good point. And you're saying we need to ostracize hydrogen fluoride from our bodies? From, yes. yes. Yeah, no, 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 that's right. You can go in chemical jail. <laughs> anyway, sorry. The reduction potential we were talking about—it's um, one half F two plus H plus plus E, going to HF. And the reduction potential for that is three point zero five volts, which is way positive. So apparently, HF loves existing a lot more than it loves giving up an electron and becoming H plus and fluorine gas. And because it loves existing so much, gold will be more likely to give up an electron and insert its ions into a potato. So what you're saying is that probably a better bet is just to cover my potato with gold leaf before cooking it, if I wanted to uh, not poison me. Not to go too far down this path, but if you cover it with gold leaf, you really don't have to worry too much about applying too much out, you know, external heat to it either, because it's such a good conductor, right? Ideally, you could just you know, put it in a sunny spot for a while, and you've had a baked potato before that one, right? Well, yeah, try the use for solar ovens. Yeah. Rude. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Thought You've we been were useful all along, Spencer. Oh, damn. Just trying to increase efficiency. Okay. Um, so fun fact, that was really all I wanted to cover today. It took us a long time. <laughs> However, we still have Corrections Corner. Oh, man. Do we have to contribute to Corrections? Not really. Oh, okay. You can just chill if you want. 
I, can I say, is it okay if I say more wrong things so that you have more corrections to make next week? Don't believe anything Spencer says. <laughs> Ever. I like how you've preempted all this. That's, that's a nice, nice job with that one. <laughs> I'm doing Go ahead, nice. Spencer. What's you can that? say what you want now. <laughs> oh, I, um, lizard people around the country. Um, that's not don't fair. Don't use fluoride in your water. Sometimes when I listen to podcasts, I can't tell the people apart. So oh, I'm yeah. worried that he'll say something and everyone will think I'm the one who said it. I think, You'll do sound fair. I think fair, the so voice is, <laughs> real risk is Andrew. Andrew. They might think it's him. <laughs> That's true. Your voices are distinct, but I know that if I heard you two on a podcast and I didn't know you in real life, I would not have a clue which one was which. Those douche bros, what's going on? <laughs> so, um, as I've been promising, we're going to talk about nuclear power now. Woo. Let's go around and I'll say how we say that word. Nuclear. Nuclear. It's definitely nuclear. I'm making sure I'm spelling it correctly in my head. Nuclear? Yeah, it's nuclear. Yeah. Yeah, it's, the thing is, spelled that technically. Way, but that's not how you say it. I'm how pretty sure Spencer it. is joking. Yes. Oh. No, that's how I say it. How do you I'm say it? I'm pretty sure it's I say not. Nuclear. But, so, what do you have to say about nuclear power? <laughs> okay. Apparently, in the first episode, I called nuclear power renewable. That's not true. It's not renewable. Oh, which is why there's nuclear waste. Yeah. Where's that? Yeah. So, okay. like, the reason solar power is renewable is because the sun isn't going out anytime soon. I mean, well, te- technically it will at some it's point. It's how you define soon. <laughs> In human terms. Um, that's a good, way to, that's a good way to define <laughs> soon. Anyway. So what would you categorize nuclear power as? I mean, it's still carbon-free, and it's still a really good thing to have around. So, you could, yeah, you could call it carbon-free. Yeah, exactly. But not renewable. Not renewable. So, helpful tip. Don't call it renewable. Or you'll Especially have to when you're recording letters. a podcast. <laughs> I Did I get letters? Is that yes. what you're asking? Um, so, you got many of. angry letters from nuclear physicists. Someone messaged me. Oh, Someone messaged me the words, is nuclear energy renewable? And I was like, oh, this is a trap. What did I say? And they were like, you said it was on your podcast, but it's not. And I was like, yeah. You could have just said that instead of, like, setting it up like maybe I wasn't wrong. <laughs> so what I did was I reached out to my friend Rachel Bialayev, which you two, do you know her? We went to high school together. I probably met her. But... Okay. Anyway, um, she studied nuclear engineering at University of Michigan, and I figured maybe she would have some insight into all the nuclear we've been talking about. So what she told me is basically coal, if we just keep using it, it will last us 150 years or less. So coal is like the ultimate in not renewable. Oil and natural gas, oh, that's even less. That's like 53, 54 years. So those are the ultimate in not renewable. Um, Uranium, as we use it in the U.S., has about 200 years to go. However, uranium is not the only thing you can use. Um, Basically, if we transition to quote-unquote breeder reactors... We can extend that time to 30,000 years. Hey. I'm sure we'll blow ourselves up before then. Probably. I mean, we might blow ourselves up in the next 50, though, so, you know. Fair. It's always good to take the optimistic approach. So. <laughs> That's how I live my life. I- I've noticed. <laughs> okay, y'all. Um, waste is a concern. She says there are ways to manage it, and she also says that the U.S. is kind of scared of managing waste properly because we think that someone will take that waste and turn it into weapons which is apparently a thing you can do with nuclear waste, which I didn't realize. 
couldn't we turn it into weapons? We have. Oh, you're right. We need, we need to be recycling this shit. We're using. <laughs> we have tons of them Why anyway. We doing I'm this? like not sure. None of us believes in using nuclear weapons. Oh no, no, we don't. We're joking Sorry. around. Speak for yourself. We're just. Shut up, Some of us are speaking for the higher ups and the political echelons here, <laughs> who we trust very much to make the smart decisions about nuclear power. Oh my god! Shots Sorry. fired. Oh uh, no! But I don't know. That's sort of my what I. I feel like I feel like nuclear waste even is dangerous enough that to do some damage, you could just sort of like distribute it around a city, and it'll cause some problems on its own. So, like I can see that. I can see that concern. Yeah. No. Um, totally. And simply but, the fact that we have cut corners so often with that sort of thing before. Okay, so we happy about waste? And by happy, I mean we've talked about it. You've got a sense of how it so basically, So basically, these are not renewable because they're only going to last us several decades more. Well, like I said, if we, if we transition to breeder reactors, which can use things other than uranium, um, she said like 30,000 years maybe. Okay. That's not trivial. When does something become not renewable? I mean, so the sun's going to go out eventually, and then we'll all be dead. We'll I think at that point issues. it doesn't matter anymore. Fair enough. So if it's not going to stop being a thing before the sun goes out, then I'd say it's renewable. Fair enough. How do we know we won't stop having wind? That's fair, Spencer. Is it, though? I don't think it is. Is it? I feel, I feel like that goes against the concept of having an atmosphere. That's um. just deep as hell. Oh, sorry. Right, right. Bro. Bro. <laughs> I feel like your favorite thing is to be disruptive. <laughs> He's definitely I done it well today. I myself on the podcast. <laughs> That's true. He didn't. I feel like I'm getting blamed for his behavior now. <laughs> You're good, Anna. Thank you for getting him on the podcast. You're welcome. Sort of. I'm sorry, too. <laughs> you should be. Um, so to get into safety real quick, because I asked Rachel about safety, because I figured maybe we could be fair and ask someone who knows things instead of just being like, well, it's unsafe, but whatever. Um, she said something like Chernobyl is not going to happen again because that was just a badly designed plant. Alright, so we're talking about Waste. nuclear uh, safety. You know it's nuclear. <laughs> no. Okay, so why isn't Chernobyl going to happen again? Oh, just the design was really bad. Apparently the containment that they set up was also bad. Like, just, it was terrible and we don't do that design anymore. Um, Fukushima also... Uh, just that reactor was not designed to withstand the scale of tsunami that happened there. Um, and, like, ideally, reactors would be with, designed to withstand extreme weather. Um, I did, I asked Rachel about this because with climate change, part, part of the deal with climate change is certain weather is supposed to be more extreme from now on, and I was like, so maybe we can't predict the weather as well from now on. Can we, like, completely weatherproof reactors? Like, how do we, can we eliminate risk completely? And what she pointed out to me is that fossil fuels, like, per unit of energy, kill more people than nuclear. And I was like, what, because of mining deaths? But it's pollution. Pollution deaths are huge. But we're not scared of pollution. We're scared of, like, radiation. Um, So I have numbers. First off, in 2013, a paper was published that calculated that global nuclear power in that it was replacing fossil fuels, has prevented an average of 1.84 million 
air pollution related deaths um, and could additionally prevent and uh, somewhere from 400,000 to 7 million deaths by mid-century. So, yeah. Um, but to sort of put those numbers even more in perspective, nuclear power has had about 0.04 deaths per terawatt hour. Um, coal has had about 161 deaths per terawatt hour. That is a huge difference. Yeah. Back along, but probably actually because that's what happens. Just, I, well, I think <laughs> there certainly are mining accidents, and those but are terrible. But also, like I think it's just mostly pollution. I um I don't I don't know how exactly they kind of calculate all this and decide like what are the number of pollution deaths that are happening. Um, but still, like 161 versus 0.04 is huge, and so I'm pretty sold now on like nuclear not. Like, the safety not really being something we should worry about. By the way, um, wind and solar are a little bit higher than nuclear. I can find the numbers real quick. And, like, death rates? Yeah, just slightly higher. So nuclear is 0.04 deaths per terawatt hour. Wind is 0.15. Solar is 0.44. What causes solar and wind deaths? Flying into a turbine. On our jetpacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, does it mostly have to do with maintenance and that sort of thing and deaths regard within the, within the industry? I or? don't know. So so keep in mind, first off, that there, there just is less wind and solar power than nuclear power, I think. So, like, fewer so deaths are going to be a bigger deal oh, a bigger compared to how energy. much energy they've produced. But I, I think it could be as simple as, like, you're trying to put solar panels on your roof and you fall off your roof. Happens to me so. all the time. That's why you don't have any solar panels on your room. Every time you just fall off. I have really bad balance. Make, make sure you have someone to spot you when you put your solar panels up. Yeah, use a harness. Um, sorry, do you have more questions about nuclear power? I'm good. Why are you looking at me? She well, she looked at you, and then I think she's that hoping you were... that you'll ask her how to pronounce it, <laughs> so that she can clarify that for you once and for all. I thought we covered this already. <laughs> Um, so I, I talked about uh, different forms of storage other than batteries the first episode. I completely skipped over fuel cells and also supercapacitors, which is sort of embarrassing because, like, those are sort of the most similar things to, to batteries. I mean, I was embarrassed for you, but I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> Thanks, Anna. <laughs> so didn't you say one of your family members does like fuel cells? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Fuel My sister does that. Oh, cool. I don't understand anything of what she does, but she basically uses water to make um, cars go further. Okay. So, like converting it into hydrogen? Yeah. Sweet. And so she was telling me that like a motorcycle that her and her boyfriend built gets like 150 miles to the gallon. Nice. Which I think is significantly more than a motorcycle normally does. And I think they have an old Volvo that they've converted that was getting like, I don't know, what cars normally get? Like 20 to 30? Something like that. That seems like the usual rate. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 60 days. miles to the gallon. Nice. Uh, She's really into that, but I also just sort of tune it out every time. Do you want me to see if she would be on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, feel free. <laughs> She'd be into that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I just wanted to, there's like people in my lab working on fuel cells and I just like skipped over it, which I think the reason is because I, I like, I, I'm aware of how much I don't know, so I don't want to talk about them because I'll say something wrong. This is actually something I've wondered about because I, I remember back in like, I don't know, 2006 or something when Arnold Schwarzenegger was governor. The big news story was Arnold Schwarzenegger's hydrogen-powered Hummer that he, he drove around California. Wow, um, nice. I, I'm just more generally, I remember at one point, 
the big thing, no one was talking about electric cars, everyone was talking about hydrogen cars. And then at some point we switched over, no one talks about hydrogen cars, and everyone talks about electric cars. Yeah. So, so what, is a, what is a power cell, then? Or what's the... A fuel cell? Fuel cell, excuse me. Yes. Um, for another podcast. Fuel. <laughs> I, honestly, yeah, I think we will probably will have a podcast where we talk about right. them more. But, um, yeah, so, so it's, it's called a fuel with cell for a reason in that you do put fuel into it. So I think sort of the idea with fuel cells being, like, a good means of storage but also, like, clean, the idea is maybe you, like use solar power to convert water into hydrogen gas and you use the hydrogen to power the fuel cell so the hydrogen is your fuel okay so it's not like a battery which just like stores stuff and you don't you're you're not putting fuel into it actually there are batteries which like i think you just like change out the electrolyte every once in a while because some stuff kind of gets used up all right yeah I probably said that all wrong. I'm going to have to delete it because oh I can't say wrong things about batteries because oh, people will judge me. <laughs> that is, They'll judge you for uh, a lot less the... than that. <laughs> oh, okay. Phew. Oh. <laughs> it's like, life gets a lot easier when you realize that you're just not going to please anyone. So it's always, I'll just live your life. Um, okay, I'll do it. Um, live your truth, as they say. Oh, I love to do that. It's my favorite. Where did that come from? People keep saying that. I don't know oh, what that means. I... I think it's. I think it's just another way to say that you like. Like, Andrew is about to bring the fuck out of the humanities. So get ready. I don't know whether it's in the sense of just like, well, everyone's reality is defined by themselves individually. So just sort of accept what you understand as what is as what is, and just like go for it. Or whether it's just one of those like, it's just a slightly more positive and empowering sounding way to just be like, keep on doing what you're doing. And Can don't, I just? Don't get, yeah. Can I just say something that yes. might sound like an insult, but okay. I, I mean it as a compliment? No worries. Yeah. Every time you do, like, a voice with somebody yes. else, it sounds vaguely like a prospector. It's always, like, the same <laughs> voice. Oh, no. Oh, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's go get some I didn't realize. Ooh, For um, our potatoes. Thank you. <laughs> I, mean, I, I was thinking, like, She's talking my corn and getting some gold? Because that's what I thought was my prospector. Was. Yeah, yeah, so so but, but it's like every time you do a voice, it's like a little it's bit a little, like little low, bit. lower version of that. Oh my god. It's okay. like a little I, little dampened oh my version well, of that. That's, okay. Again, I, not an no, insult. Yeah, no, Definitely no, 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 not, not taken as one. Because <laughs> I just had no idea. So I'm gonna have to listen to myself more. Also, since you asked the question about living your truth, that makes it sound like you're not living your truth yet. Probably not. I don't know. What does that mean? No, I think you understand. understand. I, think it means, I think it means that Spencer is trying to shame you for no particularly good reason. <laughs> he just likes saying that all the time. You would know, know the answer if you were if you if you were living your truth. What is my truth? That's your truth, not that for you. Where does that come from? Let's start with that. Within you, it's your no. truth. <laughs> um. We'll talk about this later once we're done with this podcast. <laughs> okay. Did y'all have more questions about fuel cells? No. Okay. I think these are considered to be, like, pretty important moving forward. Like, as I've said, there's going to be a lot of technologies that are important moving forward, and this is one of them. Oh, it's redundant. Anyway, we're not going to worry about supercapacitors. I know I said that word, but we're just going to move on. Just know that they exist. They do exist. They sound sort of like that one word. They are better than normal capacitors. They sound sort of like that one word from you know, Back to the Future. Anyway, flux capacitors. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, 
So last time we were wondering if butter was a polymer or not. Oh yeah. Um, fats uh, slash lipids generally are not considered polymers. Why? Um, they're just not large enough. So so they are chains. They are chains. Like large molecule chains, but not large enough molecule chains. A polymer can have thousands of units. I was looking at like fatty acid diagrams, and the typical one has like 12 repeating units. Oh. Well, let me tell you, if, uh, if butter's not a polymer, then I want no part in polymers. You also don't want any part in butter. As a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> well, earth balance is butter. <laughs> sort of. The difference between living truth and laying down truth. <laughs> I had one more correction. I said that liquid electrolytes are always salts dissolved in the liquid. Not true? Mm-mm. <gasps> Mm-mm. There's things called ionic liquids, okay. which are... Liquids made of ions? Yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. So oh, wow. uh, you can think of it as just like a salt whose melting temperature is really low. So What's an example? Um... I, I'm so sorry, I don't know, but imagine if table salt had a melting temperature of like 20C, so it was just like liquid right now, that would be an ionic liquid. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, typical liquid electrolytes, which are organic solvents with salts dissolved in them, are pretty flammable. Ionic liquids actually don't have that problem. Oh, let's uh, let's not use those then. Keys. Good news, Spencer. to stay explosive. They're expensive. Good. We're going to keep those explosions. We have to keep things exciting. I think there are plenty of ways to keep things exciting that don't involve explosions. I like to make my life exciting by, like, doing crossword puzzles. What? Wait. You know, you could get a paper cut. It's not So you're saying the the comforting in anodyne is where you're going rather than the... That's it to pull a phrase from the... um, Second podcast. There we go. Throwback. Oh, snap. The comforting cathode. Oh. How's everyone feeling? Any uh, questions? Fine. Ooh, I got a double thumbs up from Spencer. So you know that was sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> Want to sign off? Uh, yeah, do you guys want to sign off, yes? No. I'd Wait. like to say bye. <laughs> I do like uh, that, that. That's a good wrap up one for okay. me. So. Great. Anyone Thanks. else want to do the honors? Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening. This is the battery chattery. Yeah. With two extra electrodes. She just called you two electrodes. <laughs> she, she did. I also implied did. that we were electrodes to them. <laughs> which one of us is the anode? Which one is the cathode? Oh my god. Anode. Anode. <laughs> yeah, I'm the anode. You're the cathode. 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 <laughs> I like it. It's like pretty tenuous, but it's still pretty good. <laughs> Thank you for calling me out. Puns don't have to be solid. That's the whole point of them, right? Yeah. Like you, really, you really want to dig it in sometimes. Just be like, this is a pun. Yeah. Did you notice, guys? <laughs> Alright. Is that fun? Say goodbye. Say goodbye. Bye. <laughs> that was Thanks good for having you. us. Oh! Thank you for saying that. Okay, bye. What's powering your home and your electric feline friend?